Welcome to the Rosemont Baptist Church Podcast. Rosemont is a thriving group of believers who desire to connect with Jesus and His church, grow in our faith and understanding of God's Word, and serve Jesus here in our local area and around the world. We are located in LaGrange, Georgia at 3794 Hamilton Road and invite you to join us for either of our two services on Sunday mornings. Please visit our website at rosemontchurch.org for more information. And now we pray that God speaks to you in a personal way as you listen to this week's message from Pastor Adam Camp. Take your Bibles open to Micah chapter 7. Micah chapter 7. We're going to start back in Isaiah next week. But this morning we're going to be in Micah. My nephew's name is Micah. He's laughing now. He's here with us for the break. He didn't know I was going to preach him. Micah. One because of you, buddy. I love you, but one because of you. The Lord led me to Micah. Uh, we're starting back in Isaiah next week. So you bring your journals. We'll get started again. Uh, as we kind of work through that book. But this is the last day of 2023. Anybody excited for a new year next year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always fun when you kind of come to the end of one, you look to the beginning of another. It's an opportunity to maybe reboot, restart, refresh, uh, do some things maybe you hadn't done in a while. We, we don't like to call them resolutions anymore, right? But there's certain things we want to do in the new year. What are some of the things at the top of the list, right? What, what are the things we want to do better next year? Nothing, huh? Nobody has any, nobody's better in themselves in 2024. What are some resolutions? What are they? Lose weight, get healthy, save money, right? Take the pastor to dinner more often, right? All those are on our list. <laughs> just kidding, of things to do. And, and resolutions are good, but we all know, right, we've kind of been there, done that, that we'll probably start off really strong, so we'll see each other on Tuesday morning in the gym, right, really early, and then not again until next January. Right? We kind of have these, these moments of fleeting passion where we get excited about something and we want to start something fresh, and, and all those things are good, and hopefully we can be healthier next year. And all those are wonderful things to aspire to, but I think sometimes we miss spiritual things in our lives at the beginning of the year. And we get so focused on other things that we forget, man, there's opportunities for us to renew ourselves spiritually, to grow in our faith, right? It's a great time to maybe start a Bible reading plan or to get involved in a life group or to share your faith at work. And so I want to I think through this morning, uh, maybe not New Year's resolutions, but I want to think through the new year from a spiritual Lens. And I think the book of Micah is going to help us. Micah is similar to Isaiah, right? Isaiah has talked a lot about the mistakes and the failures of Israel, but always looking ahead to the hope of the gospel and eventually the hope of Jesus. Micah is very similar, right? He's going to talk about the failures and the sins of Israel, but he's going to bring it down. Now we're going to see in the verses we look at this morning, he's going to bring it down to the personal, Right? It's always easier for us to look at other people's mistakes than ours. Amen to that, right? Like, I know what all y'all are doing wrong. It's hard for me to see what I'm doing wrong. And so Micah's going to bring it from, listen, the, the people of Israel have failed, but oh, by the way, I've got some issues myself. Now, before we jump in, I want to read you what a, what a Christian writer wrote kind of explaining modern Christianity. And I, I think you're going to find yourself somewhere in, in this uh, paragraph, but I hope it challenges you and maybe encourages you a little bit as we begin to look at Micah here in just a few minutes. Here's what this writer said. He said, here is a sketch of many Christians today. At one point earlier in your life, there was a great awakening in your heart to the reality of God. 
They found suddenly the love for God to be something that swept them up, whisked them away. But slowly over time, like air leaking out of a balloon, their passion and fervor began to diminish. They look back fondly on the earlier times of tenderness to the Lord, but feel now hemmed in by besetting sins that they thought had gone away, by concerns of the world that seemed too important, and by a desire to appear a certain way to others. And like ivy growing up an old wall, sins begin to creep over their life, flowering into guilt and shame that cloud their mind, lead them to become more guarded, more isolated from others. And maybe they've started compromising in ways that they are deeply ashamed of, ways that surprise them and plunge them into deeper isolation. They long to experience the Lord afresh. They long to shed their spiritual discontent but like an old engine trying to turn over on a cold day, they rev but find no ignition. And add to all of this that in the meanwhile, Satan is striving to lure their hearts into an icy slumber to spiritually chloroform them to the hope of the gospel. What can those people do? Hmm. That really hit me. I find myself in those words sometimes. And I'm challenged sometimes to do more and to be better. And so I want to, uh, hopefully, as we always do, when we recognize things in our lives that need to be better, when we recognize things that need to change, we always go back to the Word of God and compare our lives to that. So let's jump in this morning, Micah chapter 7. We're going to look at three verses, 7, 8, and 9. And we're going to see how we can live this new year spiritually for the Lord uh, for his honor and glory. So Micah chapter 7, verses 7, 8, and 9. Remember, he's been talking about the people of Israel. He's been looking at their sins collectively. Now he's going to bring it to the individual. Look how he begins verse 7. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him. Until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me, he will bring me out to the light. I shall look upon his vindication. There's truth in here that I want you to get, but the first one is really, really important, especially as we move into the new year. Here's the first truth I want you to get. Number one, we should keep our eyes on the Lord no matter what. If you wanted to kind of think about the spiritual direction for 2024 and you wanted to start fresh and start new, kind of a foundational principle you would need to live by is that you need to keep your eyes on the Lord no matter what. Right, we, we have ups and downs in life, don't we? We have ebbs and flows, we have good times, we have bad times. And sometimes in those moments, we lose sight of who the Lord is and how the Lord is at work in our lives. But I want you to notice what Micah does right here. It's not just about the good times or the bad. In verse 8, he talks about when he falls and when he will rise, when he's in the darkness and when he's in the light. 
right? We, we, we kind of come to this place scripturally where we understand it doesn't matter if you're going through good times or bad times. We need to keep our eyes focused on the things of the Lord. Now you hear that and you understand that and you think I get that. I, I know that I should uh, spend more time focusing on the things of the Lord. But Adam, if you just knew my life, like the craziness of my life. I walked around this morning and asked people how their Christmas was. And, and a lot of people had kind of an at-home Christmas and quiet and peaceful. And then other people had just kind of a crazy Christmas, right? Where you're running and there's family and a lot of movement. And, and we understand that life is busy. And we understand there are a thousand things we could be doing. But we need to be reminded of this call to keep our eyes on Jesus even when so many things in the world try to distract us. Paul talks about this in the New Testament. In fact, in Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2, listen to what he says. He says, then if you have been raised with Christ, right? so he's talking to believers here, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, and set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. Paul uses kind of two words right there, seek and set, right? There's this idea of active, intentional, ongoing. I'm going to seek the things of the Lord. I'm going to intentionally set my mind on him. For some of us, that might mean Bible reading. Maybe I'm going to be intentional this year, and I'm going to try to read through the Bible. I'm going to read through portions of the Bible. Maybe I'm going to memorize some Scripture, or I'm going to spend some more time understanding some parts of the Old Testament that I've never understood before. For others, it might be, listen, I want to kind of change the things that I'm putting into my brain. Maybe I need to change the, the music that I'm listening to. Maybe it's affecting me in ways that I'm unaware. Maybe I need to stop watching certain movies or or reading certain articles or going to certain websites. Maybe I I need to set my mind off of those things and and set them on the things of the Lord. Maybe I need to read some books about my walk or or about my faith. There's a thousand different things we could do here, but the mindset is there's an ongoing, intentional seeking the Lord, setting our mind on the things of the Lord. You say, I hear you. I get it. I'm really busy, but there's a lot of struggles I'm dealing with too. There's a lot of things upcoming, and I got some stuff with my family or my marriage or or my health or or you name it, right? And we probably know people that are there. Maybe we're there ourselves, and those things weigh us down. And if we're not careful, we lose sight of the Lord because we're so busy thinking about the struggles and the the problems and, and the pain that we're going through. And I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians 4, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. It's really about perspective, isn't it? Like the older I get, the older I get, the the more my perspective changes on life, right? You get that. You understand that. I saw it real clearly Christmas morning. Like my kids are... Not grown yet, but they're getting there. They're real close, right? 10th grade in high school is my youngest. And so Christmas morning for us is very different than what it was 10 years ago. We, we did the unthinkable. Now, if you're younger, you're going to think we're crazy, right? Young parents with young kids, this day's coming. Just hold on. But we sat there Christmas morning, and we actually ate breakfast together before we opened presents. <gasps> 
Like 10 years ago, that was not in the cards, man. We're flying and opening, going crazy. And I sat there thinking, who are these people, right? I'm sitting there enjoying a cup of coffee at like 9 o'clock Christmas morning before we opened any presents, right? Age changes things. Perspective changes things, right? The older we get, we begin to see things differently. Things change in our mind. You know, we had the the unfortunate opportunity, I guess is the only way to phrase it, over the break to have two funerals here. Cindy Estes passed away. Mike Green passed away. Longtime members of the church. Cindy's been here most of her life, raised her kids here. And I just, the older I get and I, and I do these funerals and I think about what we've lost, right? The foundations that we've lost and the people that we've lost. It makes me long for the things of the Lord. It really makes me long for heaven. Right? When, when one day there won't be pain and, and suffering and hurt and, and you won't have to shepherd families through loss like this. And I, I long for those days, right? My, my perspective changes as I try to be intentional. And I, I try to keep my eyes on the things of the Lord. It changes the way we see life here. And it's hard to be real concerned about the things here when we're really focused on the things in eternity. There, there's an interesting story that many of you will be familiar with of Jesus and his disciples. They're traveling along one day and they come to a blind man, Right? John chapter 9, as they went along, they saw a blind man who was blind from birth. And the disciples basically asked Jesus, they say, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Right. So they're thinking, well, this guy did something wrong, or his parents did something wrong, or this is some sort of punishment for something that happened. Who did something in order for him to be Blind And Jesus' answer is very interesting. Here's what he says. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened, watch, so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Hmm. You know, when you begin to have the perspective that your life isn't really your own, and the struggles you're facing aren't really about you, they're opportunities for the Lord's glory to be displayed, it changes the way you see things this side of eternity changes the way you answer questions, changes the way you think about your future, it changes the way you interact with other people as we begin to change the perspective of keeping our eyes on the things of the Lord, right? Focusing on the Lord, focusing on Jesus no matter what. That's how Micah begins, right? Look at verse 7 again. As for me, I will look to the Lord, period. I will wait for the God of my salvation, my God will hear me, right? So we got this idea, we're looking to the Lord, we're trusting the Lord, we're seeking the Lord intentionally, we're setting our eyes on the things of the eternal, number one, here's number two, we need to wait for the Lord. He says it right there in verse seven, as for me, I will look to the Lord, I will wait for the God of my salvation, my God will hear me. You ever kind of laughed and said, don't pray for patience? Right? Because when you do, what's the Lord going to do? He's going to put you in a situation to teach you patience. He's not just going to give it to you. He's going to teach it to you. The problem with the idea of waiting is we live in a world where we don't like to wait. Right? We had an incident, uh, a major incident a couple of days ago where our router was really slow. I mean, it was, <laughs> it took like 10 seconds for the movie to download. I about had it, you know, at nine seconds. I was about to call a charter and let them know what. 
We don't live in a world where we're willing to wait very long for anything, do we? We want it now. We want it right now. And yet, here's what we need to understand. Oftentimes in Scripture, the Lord uses people to accomplish great things only after they've waited for a long period of time. Time and time again. Joseph of the Old Testament. You remember the story of Joseph? Genesis chapter 37 and following. Like if, you, if you study the account of Joseph, you understand he struggled. Right? Sold into slavery by his brothers. Terrible. Goes to Potiphar's house. He's there for a few years, falsely accused, thrown into prison. He's there for a few years. He eventually becomes second in charge of Egypt, saves the Egyptians from famine, reunites with his brothers. It's a beautiful story, but there's a lot of time between A and B. For us, it's just a few chapters in the book of Genesis, so we still can get through it pretty quickly. But in his life, the Lord allowed him to go through an awful lot before he used him to accomplish great things. Moses, right? Moses grows up in the house of Pharaoh, has everything he could possibly want, kills a man. You remember the story? Flees into the wilderness. And then the very next day, God speaks to him through the burning bush. That's not what happens. He flees into the wilderness, tends sheep for 40 years before the Lord speaks to him through a burning bush. And then God used him to accomplish great things. Jesus, right? Jesus himself was 30 before the Lord started the ministry in his life on this earth. We just see all these examples of people that had to wait. Micah says, listen, I'm going to wait for the Lord. In fact, we see this idea in Scripture so much because the Lord knows we're going to be so bad at it. And yet we see verses like Romans 8, 25. But if we hope... For what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Hmm. Time and time again, we get these scriptures that talk about waiting, trusting, hoping, waiting for the timing of the Lord. And so there's this idea, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set my mind. I'm going to focus on the things of the Lord I'm going to wait on him to work. I'm going to be patient in what I do. And then we understand when we do that, you're like, why would the Lord cause us to wait? Why would he allow us to go through so many difficulties? Because he knows our strength is going to be, our faith is going to be strengthened. And we're going to come out on the other end of those things with a different perspective of who he is in our lives. Psalm chapter 1, the first three verses kind of allude to this a little bit. Here's what the psalmist says. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. So this is a man that's trusting the Lord, walking with the Lord, delighting in the law of the Lord, meditating day and night on the things of the Lord. Verse three of Psalm one, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. You think about a beautiful oak tree and the, the roots that have grown out and the strength and the years of those roots pushing through toil and, and the rock and the dirt to gain the strength necessary so that when the storms of life hit, that tree is strong. As we seek the Lord and set our eyes on the Lord and see spiritual things and trust the Lord and wait on the Lord, our faith deepens 
and we grow in order to allow him to work and do miraculous things through us. Now I want you to notice how he finishes here in verse 9. The idea of trusting, hearing, seeking, waiting patiently. Verse 9, I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him. Until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me, he will bring me to the light. I shall look upon his vindication. Here's the third thing I want you to see, right? So we're seeking the Lord, we're looking, we're trusting, we're waiting. Number three, we need to repent of our sins and trust in the Lord. Right, if you're a follower of Jesus, you might think, well, I've already done that, man. I did that years ago. I repented. I trusted. Praise the Lord for that. That's the beginning. There's a regular call for believers to continue to repent. As we continue to sin, we continue to repent. But I want you to notice what Micah does here. This is really important, especially in the world we live in especially in the culture and the society we live in. Micah is aware of his sin, and he takes responsibility for it right there in verse 9. Look at what he says. I, I bear the responsibility, the indignation of the Lord, because I have sinned against him. Right? We, we live in a world that seems to want to point fingers at other people. We live in a world that wants to blame other people. We live in a world where there are a lot of victims, and I know there really are victims. I'm not saying there aren't, but not everybody is all the time. And I think it's important for us to be reminded in life, and especially in Scripture, we got to take responsibility for our actions. we got to understand that we've sinned. Micah's very clear about this. I have sinned against the Lord. Now, some of you might be thinking, how dare you, Adam? call me a sinner. You don't know me. You don't know my life. You don't know the things I've said or done. You don't know who I am. You can't call me a sinner. Well, well I'm not, first of all. But secondly, the Bible is very clear in Romans 3, 23, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I can remember when we used to do faith visits. We would go into people's homes, and there were, there were verses that we would repeat, and then this was one of them. We would talk about the idea of sin, and we'd get to this verse of all have sinned. I would be very clear to explain to this person, this is talking about me as well. Like, I'm not pointing some finger at you. I'm saying we're all in this together, right? We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And if we were just to kind of leave it there, and we were just to stop in the text here in Micah 7, it'd kind of be a downer, right? Because Micah says, listen, I want to seek the Lord. I want to trust the Lord. I want to hear from him. I want to wait on him I'm sinful, I've done bad, right? If we just stop there, it wouldn't be so great. But what we see instead is this beautiful picture. And we see this theme played out time and time again. This is one of the beautiful parts about the Bible, right? There's this meta-narrative story from beginning to end, this idea that we are sinful, that we have fallen short, but that there's always hope. Because we get this picture now that out of the sin and the darkness, the Lord is going to bring him into the light. He says it there in verse 8, right? Rejoice not over me. When I fall, I, sh I shall rise. When I sit in the darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. The end of verse 9, he will bring me out of, excuse me, he will bring me out into the light. There's this picture time and time again that we have been set free from sin by trusting in the things of Christ. And so I, I know with people watching at home and this crowd and our 
service early and, and overflow stuff, there are people that are hearing my voice now that have never trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so for you, you might feel like you're walking around in the dark. You might be uncertain. You might feel like you just got up in the middle of the night and you're trying to find the bathroom, right? And you just kind of, you're feeling around because you're not quite sure where you need to go. You're not quite sure where you need to step. You're not certain if you're about to step on something or trip over something. You feel like you're walking in the dark, right? I would say to you that there is hope in Jesus. There's hope for you to come out of that darkness into the light of Christ, to repent of your sins and to trust in him. That's exactly what he says in verse 7, right? I will wait for the God, what? Of my salvation. He will be a light to me in verse 8. He will bring me out to the light. And so the person that's struggling, maybe you're struggling in your marriage. Maybe you're struggling with finances. Maybe you're struggling with health. Maybe there's a situation at work that's just waiting for you next week when you start back, right? No, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, I want you to understand that there is always hope in Christ. It's a theme we see in Micah 7. It's a theme we've seen in Isaiah. It's a theme we see throughout Scripture, all through the Gospels, Old and New Testament. All we got to do is trust in the Lord. And so as we move into 24, right, we, we need to kind of keep in mind this idea. I'm going to set my eyes on the things of the Lord. I'm going to set my eyes on eternity. I'm going to be intentional about my walk. I'm going to be more patient in the Lord. I'm going to trust him more. I'm going to listen to his voice more. I'm going to repent of, Christ, repent of my sins, and I'm going to trust in Jesus for all things. Because I know when I do these things, the Lord's going to bless me. The Lord's going to use me. The Lord's going to encourage me. And maybe for the first time ever in this new year, I'll kind of step out of the darkness into the light of Jesus. And so I pray here in just a minute, we're going to have a time of invitation. But I pray the Lord speaks to you. And if you say, listen, I'm in this room right now, and, and I'm unsure, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm a little bit in the darkness, and I'd love to kind of talk to you a little bit about that, I'm happy to talk with you. I'm happy to talk with you. I'm happy to pray for you. But don't lose this moment, right? Don't lose this opportunity to hear from the Lord. As, we're, as we've encountered the truth of what he's written here in Micah, as we've encountered exactly who he's called us to be, I pray that he uses us and blesses us and that we love him and trust him in 2024 like we've never done before, all for his honor and for his glory. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you again for the truth of your word. It's very clear. It's very understandable when we take the time to study it. Father, I pray for the people that have heard this sermon, Father, that have studied your word now. I pray you would just encourage and challenge them. Father, I pray this next year would be the best year we've ever had in all sorts of things, Father, in our church as we reach out and share the gospel and go on mission and minister in our community and baptize on Sunday mornings, Father. I pray you just use this church and the people of this church to accomplish great things. Now use this time of invitation, Lord. If there's somebody here that's never prayed to receive Jesus, let this be the moment. Speak to them in a powerful way. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. 
if you'd like to join us in person, we are located in LaGrange, Georgia at 3794 Hamilton Road, or join us online at 11 a.m. each Sunday morning.